Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's business soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. Today, we're going to hit the road on our bicycles without a lot of effort. Entrepreneur Jason Kraft is going to be sharing with us how he came up with e-bike kit. E-bike kit converts your existing bicycle to an electric bike. You can either help it along or you can sit back and let the wind blow through your hair. Jason Kraft, folks, here serving it up on Business Soup, where business comes for business. Jason, welcome to this serving of Business Soup. Thank you for having me. Jason, you came to my attention because at my age, I like riding bicycles, but you know what? What I don't like is pedaling uphill. And so I started looking into what are my options, and I found you. You have a company that's called eBike Kits. Let's talk about eBike Kits. How did you get into the conversion of a standard bike into a powered bike? Well, that's an easy one. But before I do that, I would like to clarify that our company is Electric Bike Technologies. E-Bike Kit happens to be one of our brands that deals with conversion. I know that your audience is comprised, I believe, of business owners, small business owners who may be looking for advice. And uh, we have a unique setup here where it's Electric Bike Technologies is the overall business. But actually, we have four brands underneath of that umbrella company that are all in the electric bike space. And uh, it's kind of an interesting story. I hope your listeners will appreciate. E-Bike Kit was the first brand. And uh, E-Bike Kit is our conversion systems. And I started that company in 2008 at the the height of gas prices, record-breaking above $4 back in 08. And we had uh, the recession and we had bailouts. And uh, I'll tell you that I've always been entrepreneurial. So I was always kind of had my antennas up listening for what can I do next? At that time, I was in finance and it seemed to me that uh, 07, 08 was a good time to leave finance and do my own thing and start my own business and uh, gain more control. With all the opportunities that there are to create your own business from e-commerce to standing on the corner, what made you pick the electric bike conversion system as your business is known and to come up with the idea for the e-bike kits? Specifically for e-bike kit 2008, I am, we're in a recession. Things aren't great. I'm out of the financial world. I'm looking for something to do. And I thought I was looking for a product that could be between $300 and $600 or $700, something that people wanted, something that reflected the time, something that was in need. And I had my ears wide open and I'm in my SUV, my gas guzzling SUV, and I'm driving to my... (laughs) Driving to my son's daycare to pick him up. I'm listening to NPR and a segment comes on the radio. Two teachers in, I think, Seattle, they were talking about gas prices. Everybody was talking about gas prices and how expensive things were. And on the radio, these two teachers said that they bought electric bikes. And I think they paid $2,500, $3,500, whatever it was. It sounded incredibly expensive. So I went home that weekend and I thought, you know what? There's got to be something to this. And I started looking at eBay, which is what you did at the time, which you may also do today, but you start doing your market research and you want to find out you know, what's out there, what's available. So I start looking and I see that electric bikes are expensive and they're kind of rare. And who's doing it? It's very limited. It wasn't a wide range of people selling electric bikes. So I start looking for other alternatives. Well, if you already have a bike, what can you do? And I end up finding that there are conversion kits available. 
And at the time, they were very rudimentary systems. But I said, yeah, well, somebody can do that and it falls in my range. So I could get them for a few hundred dollars. I could sell them for a few hundred dollars more. It was a very simple thing. And then I went and I looked on eBay and I saw one individual in Canada, no one in the United States, one individual in Canada selling conversion kits. And I did the math. And you can see on eBay, you can see like how many sales the guy had had over a certain period of time, whatever. And by my calculation, he was making 10 grand a month. And I said, there's one guy in the world doing this. He's making 10 grand a month. I'm here in the United States and I don't see anything going on. So let me try. By this time, I already understood search engine optimization. I understand how to build simple websites. And I was really fascinated by the whole idea that I could take something and make something and resell it and do this. And so I was already doing business in China as well. So I started looking for suppliers of conversion kits and I found some and I ordered some samples that weekend. And as kind of, I think people who are entrepreneurs, people who have that spirit, you obsess about it, you fixate on it and you think about what's the brand going to be. And I had enough knowledge at that time to understand that if I called it exactly what it was and that was the brand, that I would be number one on the Google search results and all the search results. So SEO is a big part of why I make decisions. And I, um, I actually own a digital marketing company now. I do most of my own. It turns out I don't like to work for other people in that regard. <laughs> Calling it e-bike kit, that was the plan from day one. And I went out and there were a couple of squatters, you know, these domain kind of squatters that were sitting on the domains. So I had to negotiate deals. By the end of that weekend, I negotiated $500 for each domain, ebikekit.com with and without the hyphen. I had what I needed. I started working on a logo. I brought in some samples. And within a couple of weeks, I had placed an order for a container of kits. And um, that was it. That was August of 2008. I think in that year we did 30,000. And I can just say that, you know, 12 years later, we have a thriving, thriving business with multiple brands that were kind of born out of that experience. All right. So you took an existing product, the kits, all the parts that it takes to plug and play, bolt on, and you brought all of these together into a, essentially a box. And then you packaged them and you sold them. You didn't have to go out and reinvent an electric bike. You just took that which was already available and used technology to get the message out and to create a supply chain and sell the product. Yeah, pretty much. I took what was available on the market, very rudimentary, terrible connectors, lots of what we call now a rat's nest of a control box, just all this stuff. And I just went head first into it. And then it became, how do you make it better whenever you can? And, and how do you make modifications? And then the, the rest is listening to the market. And that really is, I think, a big lesson for people. Don't try to go do what you think is cool. Don't try to tell the market what you're going to do. Don't think that this is something, you know, you're going to get into and you're going to define what, what you're going to sell. You need to open your ears. And that's what I did. And I just listened to feedback, listened to the market. I immersed myself in forums, in technical forums about electric bikes. I immersed myself in that situation and I just listened and every time I could make things better, I made them better. And that was it. When I was a young boy, growing up as the son of an engineer, an aeronautical engineer, my father was quite the homemade tinkerer. And I recall whatever he built, I was the crash test dummy. And he got an electric motor, a monstrous electric motor, and mounted it to my bicycle. And he strapped this electric motor on that came from a fighter jet. And he then bungee corded on a 12-volt battery, and he put me on it. All it had was an on-and-off toggle switch. My mom looked at that thing and said, are you sure that's safe? And my father, in his typical fashion, said, you bet it is. 
He strapped me on that. And my mother said that she aged 20 years in the 10 seconds that after I flipped that switch and I launched myself across the street before I hit the neighbor's side of the house. And I held on, no helmets. And so <laughs> so I'm assuming that things have come a long way in the electric bike department. Yeah. Who uses this? Who's your primary target on this? Is it me, the baby boomer, who wants to go downhill and then back up with the same amount of energy? So it's come a long way. And we've seen a lot of things over the years. We've seen a lot of people do things just like your dad did. Uh, We've seen people put drills on bikes, all kinds of mechanisms. (laughs) And in the beginning, it was friction drive. It was find something that's turning put it up against the wheel, right? Yeah. And that was called friction drive. And that was, you know, popular back in the day. But no, it's come a real long way. Now we have color screens. We have bikes that are built from the ground up as electric. We have mid-drive motors that work and leverage your gearing. We've got pedal assist functions with torque sensing devices that help you. It almost makes the bike part of you. It feels like a symbiotic relationship where you just have these Superman, Superwoman type legs and you're connected to this machine. And it really just increases your own physical power. Or, you know, there are throttles on, on everything now also which will override a pedal assist situation. They've come a really long way, and now you've got electric bikes that are north of $10,000. And we have every automaker building electric bikes and putting their engineers to task. And this has been for years. I mean, they start coming out now because of Tesla and what's going on with Tesla stock and this and that. So you're starting to hear the past couple of years with the increased popularity around electric bikes more about this. But every major automaker puts their engineering team to task and Harley-Davidson puts their engineering team to task, they all have an electric bike model because it's all the same type of principle. So as we get more into light electric vehicles and electric cars and just this general acceptance, e-bikes have really come full circle here and gained in popularity. And now with COVID and the recent shutdown across the country, it's gone really bananas as far as demand and uh, sales and recognition of electric bikes. And just to get back to your earlier point, it is baby boomers. Baby boomers drove this. Initially, it was gas prices, you know, back in 08 as I suggested, but now it doesn't seem to be that. I mean, gas is down near two bucks now in 2020, but it's baby boomers. I mean, we have a, an increased aging population who needs assistance. <laughs> they love biking, but they just need a little bit of help. It's no fun to go out biking if you can only go three miles and you get winded and you get tired or you have a hill somewhere on your route, whatever. That's no fun. But riding a bike is inherently fun. And we all know this. We all remember this as kids riding bikes. So when you get that and you get a little bit of a boost to help you out, especially if it doesn't feel artificial, it feels like it's it's you, it can be a lot of fun. So it's not a launch factor where it blows your hair back or you end up looking like a top gun fighter when you throw the switch, as it was with my case and my father's engineering projects. Well, it is if you wanted to. There are mountain bikes that are light and slick and meant to go up and down mountains. And you have people with the means in their 30s who want to get into that. And of course, there's still a whole hot rod section. So if you want to take off like a rocket, there's other things that uh, on the market that you can you can get for that as well. I'm not saying they're legal, but <laughs> all of that exists and it's all bike and it's all fun. We're talking with Jason Kraft and we're crafting the business of electric bikes through his company, Electric Bike Conversion Systems. What caught my attention was my interest in the business side of everything. And so how would a business, say areas where I have lived or have interest in along the boardwalk here in Southern California or even out in the Lake Havasu area where there's a lot of foot traffic and there 
are a lot of bike rentals and the scooter rentals. How has the electric scooter industry impacted you? Has it been good or bad? And then let's talk about how the businesses in those communities could benefit from the electric bike conversions or your e-bike kits. The scooter business is kind of separate. They fall in the same vein as the light electric vehicles with electric bikes. But the people who ride scooters are generally younger. Scooters are used, you know, to get a couple of blocks in the city. It's not necessarily to go on a four-mile route with hills or in the suburbs, things like this. So um, not much utility in a scooter. I think the scooter, like the Lime scooters and such and rentals, is it's about getting people around. It's kind of like Uber uh, without the car. So it's a little bit different. We don't get a lot of people mixing those conversations when it comes to electric bikes. I'm sure it's good for uh, for rentals, although, you know, there's a dark side to the whole rental and to the whole bigger public fleet type businesses. It's very easy to find a lot of pictures and videos of people throwing those scooters in the trash, throwing them in the lakes. You know, they don't want to do it. You have to incentivize people to do charging and, and things like this. So I'm not really sure where that whole sector goes. And it's not part of our business. As far as business owners and bike shops, that has been a very interesting story over the years. I mean, there are about 3,500 local bicycle shops in the country. And this whole COVID lockdown thing has really invigorated the demand for bicycles. And really, it's given bicycle shops a second chance. Because what's happening in the business there is that it's going direct to consumer. The Amazon model, direct to consumer, people are getting more comfortable. Now they're even buying cars online, right? That's right. Room and Carvana and these car vending machines. So buying an electric bicycle online direct consumer also is happening. So for the business owners and the opportunities around electric bikes, I think there's still opportunity. I think the shops that have gotten online representing their brands that are able to not only sell within their community, but sell outside of their community, those guys are really going to do the best. As it relates to our business, e-bike kit is the only brand where we have dealers. We have 750 plus now bike shops, electric only bike shops, anybody you can service. That would sell your product. If somebody right. comes in, they might go out and rent an electric bike and they go, you know what? I like this. And then they go back to the bike store and someone, any one of my listeners could become a an independent distributor by being able to say, well, you know what? You can convert the bike that you already have and save yourself thousands of dollars, $10,000 for an electric bike. Boy, that's quite a bike. That's a car. You know, the truth is there are $1,500 electric bikes now that are completely fine that people can buy. And our kits are somewhere between 950 and 1500 depending on the battery option. The bigger the battery, the more expensive. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of situation here for us with a conversion where There are a lot of styles of bikes. Let's say you have a recumbent, some weird recumbent, right? And you want to do that. Well, you can convert that. You're not necessarily going to find the bike model, the bike style that you like to ride in an electric model yet. Now, in the future, I think those are going to be coming. I think there's going to be more options for people. But conversion gives you an opportunity to do this to almost any bike. And this is really interesting as far as dealers go and as far as business opportunities right now today in 2020 with what we've just gone through. We basically told an entire country full of boomers, seniors, everybody, kids that, you know, you're going to stay home. You're not going to travel. You're not going to go out to eat. And for seniors, you're not going to go on cruises. So what are you going to do? And then we gave everybody a little bit of money. But everybody went and said, they got a new interest in, in cycling again. So now what's very interesting is that this whole thing has caused supply chain gaps as well. And most of the stuff comes out of Asia, China and Taiwan, big bicycle, right? 
the whole world was kind of shook by that. And the shops don't have new bikes to sell. But what's interesting is now we are the busiest we've been in 12 years because of this, because people can bring their bike out of the garage and make it electric. And the shop can make money by doing the conversion. Now, you mentioned that your listeners maybe have an opportunity here. I do want to tell you that when it comes to e-bike kit and when it comes to authorized dealers, the dealers do have to prove that they have a physical shop, that they have normal hours, that they have insurance. You do have to be an actual business. So you've really refined the business model over the years. You found what works and what doesn't work. And so you have restrictions or guidelines for those who want to become distributors of your products. They just can't be John on his horse ranch that says, hey, I want to sell e-bike kits. Right, exactly. I wouldn't mind speeding up a couple of my horses with a charge. But. <laughs> you have to be qualified to be a dealer, to get referrals, to get on our map, that sort of thing. You know, outside of that, if John on the horse ranch says, "Ah, oh, well, how about if I just buy a bunch of them? Can I do that? Well, yeah, you can do whatever you want. So we do do wholesale as well, which will get you to that pricing. So you can do that. We don't put you on the map. We don't refer customers. We don't count on you for service and things like that. So if somebody was really interested in just buying in bulk, of course, we would be able to sell it at discount. All right. Well, let's move on to the power. Everybody likes power. And in my personal experience, strapping on a car battery was awfully heavy in my particular case. What are you doing about powering? Do you have the lithium? Do you have the lead acid ones? How do you power these things and what kind of power do you get out of them in the distance? So a volt is a volt is a volt. No matter the chemistry, whether it's lead acid or nickel metal hydride or lithium ion, lithium ion phosphate, whatever it may be for a battery, a volt is a volt. Today, now, it used to be a lot of lead acid. I mean, that was easy to get, Yeah. very straightforward. You know, you get that from a Batteries Plus, a couple of 12 volts. You could put them into series and create a 36 or 48 volt battery. But they're so heavy, not really a good play anymore, not economical anymore because lithium prices have come way down in the past couple of years. So now lithium ion is the industry standard for electric bicycles. And the sizing is anywhere between an 8 amp hour pack all the way up to, let's say, a 22 amp hour pack. Anything above that gets too big and bulky for a bicycle. Normal speeds, the legal speed in the U.S., just in a real generic way, is 20 miles per hour unassisted. And then most e-bikes today have an off-road or a fast mode that people can access where it's 26, 28 mile an hour top speed. So most of your sales are dealing in the lithium battery Does it last longer with the lithium versus the lead acid? As far as batteries, it's all lithium ion now. And and even more so, it's all 48 volt right now. It used to be 36 volt because back in the day, a few years ago, the technology really wasn't there to control top speeds. And so the only reason why there ever was 36 and 48 volt among electric bikes was to control top speed. 36 volt is slower, five, six miles an hour slower, depending on wheel size and such. But there's no more need for 36 volt. There's no more a need for lead acid, nothing that really makes sense. So it's all 48 volt lithium ion as a standard now across the industry. By the way, for e-bike kit, it is direct to consumer on one side. We have retail. We also have the other side of our website, which is for dealers. So we do have a dual model of sales 
where we allow people to buy at retail on the site. And then we also allow dealers to make a margin the other way. So we, we, we split both, which doesn't make everybody always happy, especially dealers that they, they sure. feel like we may be competing with them a little bit, but hopefully in the future we may go one or the other, but for now that's the model that, that makes the most sense for everybody. Well, let's talk about the conversions and I'll use myself. I'm a victim of my own success. I have one of those classic Western flyer beach cruisers that in pristine condition. It is the most difficult thing to bike unless I am on the boardwalk. It's right. it's a boardwalk bike and it it's a beautiful bike. How would anybody, including myself, go about putting some power to this? I'm not interested in going 20 some odd miles an hour in this thing, but if I just wanted to be able to go out like anybody else, any of the other baby boomers like myself, and want to just go out for a bike ride, how do I select or limit myself to the kits that you have available? It's pretty easy because the kits have a certain set of criteria for compatibility. Kits start with a motor. It's a hub motor, okay? So a hub motor is a motor that is built into a wheel, and we build all of our wheels here by hand here in Pennsylvania. And that's an important part of this. But it starts out with the hub motor, and its first decision is front wheel or rear wheel. In your case, because it's a cruiser, it has some very specific needs that need to be addressed up front. And that would be braking. A lot of cruisers just have a coaster brake in the rear wheel. That's right. So that would be the first question for you is, is what kind of brakes do you have? And if you had coaster brake in the rear wheel, then the question is, okay, do you want to do a front wheel conversion? And then we get into, well, how much do you weigh? What kind of route do you have? Are your forks steel? Because the torque of an axle that you put into your front dropouts into your forks, uh, that axle is going to have a lot of torque behind it. So you don't want to do anything that could be dangerous where it could come out of the fork or break the fork or something like that. So those kind of considerations go in. Most of the time with a cruiser, I like to do a rear wheel. We get rid of that coaster brake and we add caliper brakes both back and front. And then the rest of the bike is like a blank uh, because a cruiser is pretty wide open as far as a big handlebar that's easy to work with. Right. And usually have a rack where the battery would go already. So the rest is just where do you put things? So it's possible to convert just about any bike over to an electric. With the right person doing the conversion, somebody who's seen MacGyver a few times uh, <laughs> and, and who's not afraid to get their hands dirty, yeah, you can do almost anything with our kits. I mean, we're talking hand cycles, we're talking custom wheelchairs, a lot of that stuff. Now, as busy as it's gotten in 2020, we've kind of tried to get away from some of the more complicated deals because we end up having a lot of projects with individual customers where we have to provide a huge amount of service. So in our conversations with folks, it really is about how technical are you? Do you own a set of tools? Are you comfortable doing things? Otherwise, here's the dealer map. Let's get you to somebody who's really qualified to work this out. And that's a great part of actually working with our bike shops that are qualified dealers is that they understand our kits and then they see the bikes in person. They know what they can and cannot do. You know, a lot of times they're doing a lot of custom deals per customer in the shops. And that's a huge benefit to that side of the business. Well, it's an interesting concept, and you've got customer reviews that put you out of five stars at 4.8. That's a pretty high hit. <laughs> 
we work really, really hard at it. And like I said before, you know, I'm, I want to be the best at it. E-Bike Kit is the number one brand for electric bike conversion kits in the world. It's a very interesting business model. It works. And as I talk to my audience of small business owners, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, literally. In your case, you just learned how, and I say this all the time, to put a different spoke in the wheel and make it turn better, faster, smoother. And in this case, with electric power, by bringing together the pieces that make it turn better, faster, and smoother. Well done. Thank you. I finally found a way to actually apply that mantra of mine to an actual bike. There you go. Jason, thanks for being a part of this serving of business soup. Jason Kraft, crafting the business of electric bike conversions. Thanks for being on this serving of business soup. Thanks for having me. Very grateful. This has been another serving of business soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>